Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, aka the man with nonsensical takes. Gordon, happy Friday to you. No, some of them are sensical. I have a little bit of sense. Like they say, broken clock is right twice a day. I feel like I'm higher than twice a day. I feel like I'm right like five to eight times a day. But, you know, maybe we're talking about all these topics. We got the rest of the fields at pre-classic, men's 200, 5K, two-mile, women's 400-meter hurdles, the marathon fields at New York City and Chicago, more Shakari Richardson content. I feel like I'm going to be have a couple sensical takes on a few of these topics. That's the plan, at least. There's, there's so many topics you can't help but hit common sense on some of them. Thanks, everybody who's watching live on YouTube. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. You can download the show wherever you listen to audio podcasts. And let's jump right into it, Gordon. The full pre-classic fields have been released. We have them, which is good because the meet starts in about 12 hours as of this recording. Uh, let's start off with the, the men's 200 here. The men's 200, sometimes when fields get released late, it's because, hey, they're not as good as some of the other fields that they locked down big stars for earlier. But that is not the case. We have Noah Lyles. We have Kenny Bednarik. We have Rye Benjamin. Your thoughts on this men's 200? I'm really excited to see what Rye Benjamin does. We know that he is a talent in the 200 and the flat 400. Clearly, he, he's the anchor of the 4x4 in, uh, due to his quick 400-meter hurdle. Uh, wheels, but we know that he's run fast 200s in the past, especially during the college time. He was running well in the 200s, and also he ran a fast 200, I believe. Um, yeah, back in 2018, that was in uh, I think that was I think that was Diamond League in Paris, was it? Yep, yep, yeah, post NCAA, yeah, post NCAA. I think that was was that where we saw the the meme of. Michael Norman and uh, Ryan Benjamin, where they both did the same like warm up at the exact same time in unison. Yes, both wearing the USC kits. I think that was that. You see, this is the finish line from there. Um, Norman and Ryan Benjamin, but yeah, but then Benjamin took his talents over to the 400 meter hurdles, and we never really got to see him too much in these flat events. I'm excited to see what he does in this 200. I think he's gonna challenge the likes of Ben Eric and Lyles. I don't think he's going to beat them, but I do think he's going to push them. You brought up the 1999. That was the last time he's run a 200. So he didn't run in 19, didn't run in 20, and didn't run at all in 2021. So the Rye Benjamin of 2018, we know this is a better version of Rye Benjamin. Yeah. Now, how much work has he done ripping off a curve when there's no hurdles involved? I don't know, but this guy's a huge talent. We look at some of his relay splits going back to, to USC in the 4x4. We know what he just did for Team USA in Tokyo. We know how quick he is in the flat stuff. We also have some pressure being applied here because remember, Rye Benjamin put out the hot take about his teammate, Michael Norman, breaking the world record in the 100. Grant Holloway took that, ran with it, now applied pressure to Rye Benjamin here. He said that Rye Benjamin runs 19.85 to win the 200 Prefontaine, respectfully, to which Michael Norman, his training partner, didn't let the opportunity go by in reply to that tweet, 19.65, respectfully. And then you had Noah Lyles chiming in because, hey, this is his event here. Um, he said, I thought we were friends. So this should be a, this is a fun race because we have, we have 
three people here, and it's, it's the race is more than three people, but the, the three people that were fixated on, you have one, Lyles, who wants to get back on top of the U.S. pecking order in the 200. You got another guy in Kenny Benarek, who was silver in Tokyo and pretty dang close to getting the gold. Can he establish himself now with another good run? He's been so consistent throughout the years. And then we have someone like Rye Benjamin, who is running one of these hypothetical races that we love to discuss and debate when we go off event. But in Benjamin's case, he's run this before, so we know he's going to be really solid in this in this 200. Just how fast, we shall see. I'm always trying to find new uh, betting odds for everything, right? Because I've become an addict. What do you think the odds are that someone without a last name that starts with a B or an L finishes in the top three? Someone without the last name with a B or an L finishes in the top three. So that would be Kyrie King or Vernon Norwood because yeah. everybody else, Benaric, Benjamin, Blake, Brown, and then Lyles and Lyles. Yeah, well, starting out, you only have a best-case scenario. You only have two, two, two people, and there are two shots to win. Long odds there. I don't think they're going to give that to Long you with the Oregon, in the Oregon lottery Probably. there. I don't think you're going to get that one. Also, Pierce right a... missed his flight, too. Yeah, that's a bummer. He got there, though, I think. Yeah. That was 14 hours ago. There's been other, like, uh, you have Ry Benjamin talking about his journey, Eugene. Um, I believe Paul Chalimo had, like, a major delay from Denver to, to Oregon. All this, all these athletes trying to find ways to get to this meet. They're, they're struggling. Maybe it, it's not, they're no longer just in the... You know, the USOC chartered flight, they're now having to deal with, you know, regular fan, regular airfare. I don't know. Yeah. Do, well, do, 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 do Olympians get like a, like a chartered flight to Tokyo or no? No. They probably sure. he's, No, he's riding in a normal plane. Come on, Gordon. Just coach. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't about Olympians. Shouldn't we give, they probably have some give up, they, probably, they probably have some upgrades, but it's not like they're getting on a private plane and flying out to... Eugene, but when you get to the Olympic, the Olympics, there's no, you're there so early, right? Like you, cause you have to be, and you're, cause it's international flight. You're, you're super paranoid about making sure you get to er everywhere on time. And even if you are, um, thinking about cutting it close, you're just like, wait a minute, I'm never going to do that. But you're right. I think people are, are struggling in general with just with getting flights. Also, it's just tough to, Tough to get to to Eugene. It's a tough place to fly to as someone who's flown there a bunch. Yeah, Gabby Thomas apparently took her thirteen plus hours. Might as well have flown back to Tokyo, she says. So hopefully, everybody gets there with enough time to get their legs ready, get their minds prepared for a good, good uh, meet tomorrow at the Pre Classic or tonight. Um, other event that I wanted to talk about here: men's. Uh, Men's two mile, women's four minute hurdles, and women's five k. But let's start here with the women's five k because that that race is tonight, so that one is uh, that one has an expiration date on it. It's all about Safan Hassan, the other top women uh, distance runners in this meet are in the women's two mile, so they are not in this race. So Helen O'Berry, Latensa Petkade are not there because Hassan has one opponent in this race, and that opponent is the five thousand meter world record. I'm excited she's going after it. It's her one PB that doesn't truly indicate her ability. 14.22, she's faster than that. The mark to beat is 14.06. Uh, 
I'm assuming she's going to have some good pacing. She's not going to really have anybody who can push her in the latter stages because nobody's PB is really that close to her, let alone that close to running 14.06. Gordon, do you think she can do it? 100% I think she can do it. And I also 100% think she will do it. I think um, clearly she's fit. Clearly she's able to still... um, being able to handle that load work from Tokyo, I think she can handle 12 and a half laps in Eugene. Um, I think it's going to be paced well for her. The whole race is going to be about her, and she's going to be able to cruise. I think she, yeah, her PB is not indicative of her ability, 14.22. She probably could run 14.22 on the back half of a 10K, if I had to guess, the way she can run. So yeah. I don't see... Any world where she, well, she's definitely going to break fourteen ten. I'll give her that. World records are yeah. still world records, and you have to just not guarantee world records because they don't happen often, right? We can't just say, "Oh yeah, guarantee." But I think guaranteed sub fourteen ten, and then whether or not she's in the range to kind of dip under that fourteen oh six sixty two by Gaday, that will be the question mark. But she's going to be near it one hundred percent. She's not. This isn't going to be like a massive fail where she falls off pace and just kind of jogs in with a 14, 18. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be in it. And the question will be, will she be within range with the final 200 meters to go? I think she's going to do it. I think she's been capable of doing this for a while. I think the 5,000 is her best event of the championship events that are available, which you can make an argument for a lot of them, but I, I think it's the 5,000. We saw how good she is <clears throat> in a time trial 10K, even though um, she had the record and then she lost the record. She should be just as good in a time trial 5,000. The struggle is coming back after all that work from from Tokyo and being able to have fresh legs. So that is going to be the challenge, but I think she's going to be able to pull it off. I don't. Are there going to be lights? Do we know if there are going to be lights on the track? Uh, will there be a light to light up the track because it'll be nighttime as for whether I hope so. be, uh, the what's them called ultra, what do they call it? Ultra light technology or something? Wave light. Tracking light tech, wave light technology. I don't know. It's a new stadium. So maybe they weren't prepared yet to build it. I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out. What I do know is what do you think the odds are that Safan Hassan will have at least one world record when she retires active one active world record when she retires i'd say there's a 67 percent chance 67 yeah not counting because... the one hour one not counting the one hour or like a dang road. it i'm talking about dang track <laughs> no i'm talking track i'm talking track so what a half it's, marathon. it's mile 1500 3k 5k 10k Indoor she's or got, indoor. She's got the mile record. She already has that. Um, like you're saying, well, she's going. That's going to disappear. <laughs> you know that. Come on. Kipiagin's going to get that. Well, it's just about opportunities, though. I'm No doubt that she can do it. I mean, Safan Hassan can run faster than 412, but I think she's going to get between all those distances. So you're not counting half marathon. You're just saying on the track. I think she you can, can count get... a half marathon road. I'm just talking about legitimate events. Okay. Well, so marathon, you, half marathon, 10K, 5K, 3K on track or mile. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying she's got a lot of opportunities because she can run 
6428 is the half marathon world record. So she's in range of that. She's obviously a few seconds off the 10,000 and just had it. She's going for the 5,000. 3K is a little tough. We got an email about the 3K because when you put in her 10K PB, the IAAF point tables, World Athletics point tables, indicate that she could actually run the 3K world record. Mild she already has, so she just have to defend that. 1,500, I think Kipyegon is the favorite to have that, but she's at least in the mix. So I think there's a good chance she's going to leave with one. I guess the question is, the question is a matter of timing. Because we saw yeah. with, with, with the 10K, she gets it and then she gets ta- and it gets taken away. She's got to put some of these out of reach to where it's not, it's not even possible for someone of this current era to, to get them. And my guess is she will with at least one of them. Maybe not all of them. Maybe some of them she'll leave some low-hanging fruit like she did with the mile. But I think one of them she'll put pretty far out there. If she, runs, if she goes and runs 14.01 tonight, it's going to take a really special effort for somebody to try to, to, to match that. That's not just a, oh, the record gets broken all the time, just the era we live in. No, 14.01 is putting it way out there. So Sarah Lex Penguin said there will there are going to be lights. Thanks for that update. Um, here's the thing, though. I don't think she's going to have a world record because I think whatever she runs, mm-hmm. someone is going to try to run faster and will run faster. I think yeah, but the, that only works to like, a limit, though. That only works to a limit because you can say this. It's like Carson Warholm, whatever he's going to run, someone's just going to run faster. And he ran 45 seconds in a four hurdles. Like, if she puts the 5K at 1359, you think someone in this era is going to be able to run 1359? Well, what I'm, what I'm getting to is maybe that's what she's going to try to do tonight because maybe she's learned, hey, trying to run 1406.1 is going to be a waste of a world record attempt because it's going to be gone and, you know, yeah. someone could else, yeah. maybe someone runs that at another Diamond League down the road literally this year. Yeah. So I think her 10K experience of having a world record for like 48 hours <laughs> maybe she's uh, maybe she's like, oh, what was the point of running just a, a few seconds faster than the world record if if good days is going to take it from me? So I think uh, I think she's going to try to run thirteen fifty nine pace. That's what I'm trying to get at. I think as is, she wasn't going to try to just break it by a millisecond. I think she was trying. She was going to try to do it with take a big chunk off if she could. I don't think she was going to be. You're talking about high jump pole vault where you just break it by a little bit so that way you can keep breaking it. I don't think yeah. that was ever in I don't think that was ever in her plans. I think she's gonna sure. she's gonna take a big swing at it. And her closing speed is so good that you figure if she's anywhere close to being on pace, that she's just gonna be able to summon a nice kick here and and get this. So that's something to watch for. That's the highlight of the Friday night um, action. Imagine imagine being uh, a little girl in Netherlands, you're like eight year old, eight years old, ten years old, and you're like, "Ooh, athletics, track and field, that seems fun." And you're like, "You know what? When I grow up, I'm gonna be the the record holder in the Netherlands, the whole country of Netherlands. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hold, a, I'm gonna hold a record." And then you're like, "Okay, cool." And then you finally get access to the internet because you're 12 or whatever. You look up who owns the Netherlands records. Oh, let's see if I could beat that one day. And then you look and be like, oh my who God. the hell is Safana's son? And why does she have every freaking national record from 1K all the way up to half marathon? Um, she is basically 
I, I don't know if there's ever going to be another person from the country of Netherlands that breaks any of her marks. It just seems like she's put them so far out of reach. Like, imagine if an American had the 1K American record, 1,500, mile, 3K, 5K, 10K, half merit. Like, we almost had a little bit of that with Legat at one moment when he was had a few. Rupp had a few at a moment. But, like, no one has ever dominated a country's record the way Safan Hassan has. I mean, we're, mm. we're already talking about world for her. But, like, yeah. her national record run is pretty impressive right imagine being a imagine being a pole vaulter growing up in louisiana and you go to lafayette high school and you walk into the gym and look at the record board and you say hey mono duplantis this is pretty good and then you google it and you're like oh my god or or, or you go to union catholic high school sydney mclaughlin oh no i'll never get any school record record ever yeah it's not fair. state records in new jersey oh okay 400 i'll move up to the 800 and you're like oh Dang it, a thing mo. What the hell? What's going on? <laughs> I'm boxed in no matter where I go. Let's talk about this this men's two mile. We'll stay with that. Joshua Cheptegei, gold medalist in the 5,000. Salomon Borrega, gold medalist in the 10,000. You have Kip Limo, Chilimo, also medalists there as well. You actually have the whole uh, podium here, Gordon, in the, in the 10K, and you have two-thirds of the podium from the 5K. On the American side of things, you have Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid as well in there. Another another good battle here, I think, brewing between between Chalimo, Cheptegei, and you throw in Borrega there as well. The 10K guy who, listen, probably had a shot at winning the 5K based on how well he closed in the 10, but they decided not to run him in the 5K. So this will be this will be a fun one to watch just to see how good Borrega is over the shorter distance. So we have the whole podium in the 10K, you said? Yeah, because that was Borrega, Cheptegei, Kip Limo. And then in the 5,000, we have Cheptegei. We don't have Mohamed because he's entered the mile, but then we have Chalimo. So we have two-thirds of the 5K and all of the 10K. So we got to make sure when they line up on the start line that they line up Borrega, Cheptegei, and Kip Limo in there as if they were on the podium. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Borrega in the middle and Cheptegei and Chiplimo, uh, Chiplimo on the other side. And then you can do a little screenshot. That's what I want. Anyway, uh, enough podium talk. Two mile. So you have to think your 10K dominance isn't really going to be as important here, right? It's only, it's only two miles. Mm-hmm. Cheptegei and Chiplimo had a great two mile battle back in. 2019 it was when Pri was in Stanford. I remember yep. watching that race. Cheptegei got the best of Chiplimo. Chiplimo. I'm combining people now. Of Chilimo. Um, guy I keep on wanting to just like handicap him as a time trialer or handicap him as, oh, he can run fast, but only if it's like super even pace. And like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I never want to call him a kicker because I, I'm just visually looking at the way he ran his world records, and it was like didn't look like a, a kick. But then you watch the Olympic Games, and you go back all the way to pre when Chalimo and Cheptegei were kicking in the final yeah. 100 meters of a two mile. I need to start recognizing that Cheptegei can kick. You know, normally when you're the fastest PB, sometimes that doesn't mean you can great kick. But Cheptegei actually can kick. He showed it in the 10K and the 5K. 
uh, at the Olympic Games. So I think Chetukai is the favorite here. Um, I think yeah. Borrega probably and Chalimo I would put together for challengers to Cheptegei. Um But we talked about this off podcast. I think the real question is what lane will Paul Chalimo finish in? Because we know it's not going to be lane one. I mean, the odds of lane one are going to be plus 1,000. Lane two, three, four, five, that's going to be like minus money. Yeah. Even two, I'd say say over-under would be uh, 2.5, the lane that Chilimo finishes in. Uh, Here he is the last time at at Hayward Field. He's finishing in four. I think Woody Kincaid could be interesting in this race too. We know he's a really good kicker, and if he can just hang around for for two miles – because we've seen, was it the 18 pre where there was a two mile setup and it for some reason got tactical? I know it was a bit windy and different stadium, different circumstances. But if it slows a little bit here and and Kincaid's able to use his kick, he never got to use it in, in Tokyo because he was just out because yeah. the, uh, the pace put him out the back. But I, I think he could be an interesting wild card to watch here, too. Obviously, yeah. Fisher coming off of the fifth place finish in the. In the in the ten thousand in Tokyo, but I'm with you. I would I would lean Cheptegei here. Yeah, I like your Kincaid um, idea. He kind of is going to be under the radar because of his Olympic Games performance. But if you if this Prefontaine Classic was a month after the trials, everyone would be like Kincaid, man, watch out for him in the two mile. But because of what we saw at the Olympic Games, you kind of have a different view of him. But we got to recognize the Olympic Games. Uh, races are going to be run completely different from this two mile. Um, yeah. And I think Kincaid will be in it. And if he's in it with 200 meters to go, he's definitely going to be one of the kickers to watch. So, yeah. It seems silly to say don't overreact to Olympic results because it's the Olympics and that's the pinnacle. But it's also one meet. And if every if someone ran well before that, there's reason to believe that they could run well after that, even if they didn't have a good couple days in, in Tokyo. Could just yeah. been a. I mean, it's a tough time. It's a bad time to have a tough race, but it's possible. It's possible. And then you revert back to your normal self post-Olympics, especially if you're racing in your home country. Women's foreign hurdles was the other one I wanted to talk to you at length. And then I want to touch on some other events briefly. But McLaughlin um, is not here. World record holder. Where is she? Dolo Muhammad. Where do you think she is? Where's McLaughlin? I don't know. At home? Do you think she'll be watching this live? I think she'll be watching her yeah, competition. She, she's a track on fan. On TV. She's a track fan. I think she'll be I think she'll be watching. Um but we're still getting Muhammad and Shamir Little. So we have two of the four fastest times of the year. So we don't have Sidney McLaughlin, we don't have Femke Bull, but it's this is still a pretty good race. When it all comes yeah. down to it. Now, on the standard of pre, where they've basically recreated every single podium in most of these races, this is not bad, but it's still pretty dang good. Muhammad coming off the PB 51.58, second fastest time in history. And Shamir Little, after trials, ran several really fast times, her PB 52.39. What do you expect from, from those two in this race? Well, I think Shamir Little is going to be out for blood. I think she's going to take it out very hard. She's going to look at it as an opportunity to show that, like, hey, 
I really wanted to be in that record-breaking Olympic final because I know I would have been pulled along to an incredible PB, potentially a medal, maybe, you know, become the third fastest American all time because that's the new goal now in America is just be number three right behind Delilah and and Sydney. Um, I am excited to see Sh- the way Shamir attacks Delilah. Delilah is going to be an interesting one to watch. Is what do you do after running an incredible time but coming up second? And it kind of reminds me of like, she's in the same boat to me as like Rye Benjamin, right? Rye Benjamin's going to be at this meet as well. But obviously those two races, the two 400-meter hurl races with Karsten and Sydney, they were the two best races of the whole Olympic Games. And it's kind of like, how does someone handle having the run of their life, the best run that they could ever dreamed of, that they would take a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. And, and, and like, how do you, where do you go from there? Like, where do you go from getting second in the greatest race of all time? Like, how do you, yeah. what motivates you? Like, what do you try to, like, what's she going to try? What's she trying to do? Is she trying to run faster than that time? Like, you know, you're probably not going to be in that range again for maybe another year. If you're Delilah or, or Rye Benjamin's coach, what do you tell them? What do you tell them that like, hey, this is what you should be focusing on now in these final few uh, races before you shut it down for the season? Well, with Rye, he's running a different event. So it's easy to get excited and motivated about that and the pressure's off. Yeah. Muhammad, she's running her best event. So the focus is probably just win. Don't worry about times. But wouldn't it be the ultimate plot twist here? If she ran 5145, I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's probable. Let's let, let, let me let me rephrase that. I'm not saying it's probable, but it is possible. Why would we discount that entirely out of hand? She's got somebody really fast to like... run with. The Hayward track is fast. Yeah. I know because we saw we we think it was the race of the, the century and it was amazing. But I'm saying yeah. in any other circumstance, if you said, hey, this person is 0.12 off the world record and they're running at the pre-classic against the number five woman in history we would be talking a lot more about whoa the world record's under threat again i'm not i'm not yeah, betting on it true. i'm not saying it's probable but it would be ultimate plot twist yeah it's just like i feel like those 400 meter hurdle times they came not because of talent they came because of circumstance of two all times at their peak with the most biggest reason to win right the disappointment of getting second at pre is not the same as the disappointment of getting second at an olympics so uh, i mean it shouldn't really be a disappointment because you're silver medalist at the olympics it's amazing but you know they wanted gold um that that, but like i just feel like we're not going to see sub 52s until the world championship final in 2022. Like, I think they're just always going to be running 52 mid or 52 low until championship final. And that's a totally reasonable and probably accurate assessment. And I, I agree with that. I think the part of the reason it runs so fast is because it's the Olympic final. It's the Olympic final for a reason. All, all I'm saying is her PB isn't that far off. So I think you always need to hold it as a, 
at least slim possibility of it happening. And she's someone who through the rounds, obviously gets better and better too. So, but that you could say the same thing about McLaughlin. So the one-off race, oh yeah, you know, you're not going to be as tired, but I think she almost uses that to her advantage as we've, as we've seen. I just, I just think it's interesting that it's even um, a possibility. Uh, Anthony says, cut the crap out. There will be no 5145. Have some fun. Dream a little bit here. Think Cut about what's crap possible. Out, Kevin. Cut that crap out. Just think about what's possible, though. I mean, I just, yes, we know Tokyo's fast. You make Obviously, a good point. The Olympic stage is the Olympic stage, and having Sydney there obviously makes a huge difference. But these, but these circumstances are pretty good, too. It's not an A-plus circumstance, but it's still a pretty good circumstance to run fast. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think she's there to just get a win, collect an appearance fee, you know. Which is fine, keep, which keep is totally the, fine. Keep the legs loose, you know, yeah. basically have a totally few more fine. races and then shut it down and yeah. build up for a new 51-second attempt in 2022. Again, I will be shocked if she does it. But then if you said, hey, Dillow Muhammad ran a .12 PR at pre-classic, if you just said that in a vacuum, you'd be like, okay, well, that's yeah. possible. That's not the craziest thing. We will all be shocked. But listen, I'm going to cut the crap, and I'm going to move on to the next topic. Uh, we have a couple other events. I'll, I'll just throw a bunch of them at you. Tell me which ones you want to talk about. Or how uh, it's women's two-mile, men's eight, uh, women's high jump, pole vault, men's triple, and then the women's steeple. And men's shot put, right? Shot put's and, there? I, yeah, I thought we talked about men's shot put last time, but I guess not. Oh, we did? We Ryan did. Krause is going to throw it far. Ryan Krause is yes, going he's to throw it far. For those who don't know, this is part two of a two-part podcast. So if you want part one, where we talk about the other events, mainly the women's 100, women's 800. Yeah, that's part one. You, 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 I was waiting for you to say in the beginning of the pod, like, hey, guys, go list, pause the video, go listen to the first podcast, and come back and listen to part two. Mm. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyway, uh, those events – Start men's eight hundred. What do, what do you think? I we all we said yeah. going into the Olympics that the men's eight hundred was like a crapshoot, right? Anyone could win, right? Mm -hmm. And I think after the Olympic final, it stayed a crapshoot because the way it was won, it was won in a slow time. You feel like it was all about positioning, and then you look at this field of, you know. Good athletes, right? Harris, Hopple, Jewett, Murphy, the two Kenyans in Courier and Rotich, and the two um, British athletes, uh, Oliver Dustin and Elliot Giles and Marco Arop. This is another one those shuffle up, shuffle up and deal, see what happens. You know, Isaiah Jewett, who apparently has no PB or season's best, he's never run an 800 in his life, is in the Prefontaine 800. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that because. According to the heat sheets, he, he's never run an 800 before. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think in this situation, I think I would go with an AROP, a Courier, or a Rotich. We've seen the way the Americans kind of struggle in these one-off 800s. Like, they, they're not, you know, Murphy was like getting seventh and eighth in like every race post the trials. And then finally looked good through the first two rounds of Olympics. Ultimately, couldn't have it in the final, but he looked like the regular Clayton Murphy in the Olympics compared to 
his European stint. And I think we might see the same thing here. I think it's going to be between Courier and Rotich. Um, the question is, will it be fast? I don't know. I mean, there's no Igel Amos to kind of keep it fast. Mm-hmm. I think this might be kind of like a disappointing 143-8 win for Rotich. That's what I think is going to happen. Person I'm most interested in seeing. I mean, this American contingent is interesting. You don't have Brazier, obviously, because he's still banged up. But you have Bryce Hopple, Clayton Murphy, Isaiah Harris. But the person I'm most interested in seeing is the person who got tripped up and fell in that semi, but did not get elevated to the final, even though the person who got tangled up with him, Nigel Amos, did. And that's Isaiah Jewett, because we just don't really know how that race would have ended, and we don't really know what would have happened in the final. We do know that the final was incredibly tactical, and he would have changed that probably because with trials and most of his other races, he really pushed it from from the front. So I'm just interested to see what he has in store. He'd be the one that I'm most interested in seeing of this group. I also think it's funny. I can't let this go because you were so on the Emmanuel career train for so many years. You were talking about he's going to beat Rutish's record. He's going to win the 400 and the 800-meter double. He's the second coming of Alberto Juan Terrena. You were saying all this stuff. And then the moment you hop off, the guy goes and he wins a gold medal. And you want to <laughs> really be – you, you want to be pumped up about it, but you can't because you realize that you just made a horrible mistake and all of his successes remind you of the fact that you you could have had that. You were right there. You were on the cusp of having a good, solid investment at an early point, and you threw it all away for some reason. See, I felt like I was in a sunk cost, sunk cost fallacy. Like where I was just like, I got to get out, right? Uh, it's too much. Going all in on the career train. Then I abandoned it. I abandoned it basically when the pandemic hit. And I I regret it every day. And now I got to continue to abandon it. That's why I like casually was like, Rotich is going to win. You notice that? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Rotich will probably win. Because it hurts you. I, I feel it hurts to go back to realize all that, that buildup of the excitement. It's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of very similar to it would be like, I'm not, I haven't given up yet, but it would be like me giving up on the Sixers. And mm-hmm. be like, all right, I'm done. And then the yeah. next year they win. And I'll just be like, what the hell? Why have I given up on the Sixers? Um, yeah. I do want to say, if what? No, I was just saying, you turn on the Olivia Rodrigo album and just cry in your, in your apartment and rewatch <laughs> the Men's 800. Yeah. I, I should get credit. I said he would be the next David Radisha. And he won. In his <laughs> so. No, you don't get any credit for this. No, sorry. You know. I have articles written that he would be an Olympic champion, and he yes. became an Olympic champion for the record. Um, if Isaiah Jewett were to win this race, is yeah. he then the de facto uh, Olympic yeah. champion? Yeah, because they go back. They go back to Tokyo and un- they rerun it. <laughs> well, because you could argue like he should have been in the final, maybe. And then yeah. he'd be a statement. All, it would be a statement. Be a statement. I want that to happen. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun, like, what if, you know, simulation. So women's women's two miles is gonna be good too. As I mentioned, they cleared the five K for Hassan. So you have Gade, Obiri in there, along with Nian Saba, who we talked about last pod, 
um, just an amazing performance to where she finished in the 10K in, in Tokyo. You also have Elise Cranny in there along with uh, Constance Klosterhoffen. So that's a fun one. Uh, women's steeple, you got the the podium there with Chemitai, Frerichs, and Kiang, but no Emma Coburn for the U.S. Yeah, Gade will be interesting. She's going to have to watch Hassan's 5K. Is this race before or after? It's after the 5K, right? Because the 5K is... 5K is last. Women's... So this, this is before. Yeah. Okay. So... Last on Friday night, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That kind of takes away my take, but whatever. O'Berry's going to run well. Keep I think moving. Katie Rainsberger. I think Katie Rainsberger announced that she's with uh, Team Boss. I think I saw that on Instagram. Yep, that new, is new signing. I did see that on. Is that Instagram true? As well. Let's see if we so can this... get the Instagram. There she yeah. is. Team Boss, Katie Rainsberger. Rainsberger. Uh, it's. Looking at like uh, college, I'm not to like change the subject to like NCAA cross country, but like there are so many like legit like senior graduating seniors who are for some reason coming back for year five or year six. It's like wild. We'll get into it more when we get into the fall, but cross country this year is going to be really old. There's going to be a lot of old athletes in cross country because I think. For some, I think a lot of it's like, hey, just do one last semester, and then mm-hmm. you don't need to go in the spring. But anyway, at least Katie Rainsberger didn't get tempted to do one last cross country season at Washington. She decided to take her talents to Boulder, Colorado. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Really I have anything else about pre. I do think we should talk a little bit more though about Shakari. She was on the freaking Today Show today how many people in the history of non-olympic game or even non-world championship or even have been like on the today show before a track meet like this never happens we are witnessing like the transformation of like not transformation but the cultural I, I'm really bad at coming up with big names. I really want to have really good descriptive with big verbs and adverbs and adjectives. And I can't come up with it because I was not good in the English language class. I was a math guy. But basically, I'm saying she's like transcended uh, the popularity of the sport because yeah. of her personality, the way she acts on and off the track, the controversy, right, with the marijuana ban and all that stuff. This is awesome is what I'm trying to say. Like – no, the, the Prefontaine Classic is going to be watched five times, five times more people because of Shakari running the hundred meters. Just her presence there. It's just like she has that power. We talked about like that this whole situation that she's in is actually grown her brand more than if she would have went on and won Olympic gold. That's what's wild about it. We keep on thinking a lot of us track nerds and like track junkies always want to say results matter most performances matter. Like the people who should be paid are the people who are ranked one and then two and then three and all that. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Like people are going to pay for youth. People are going to pay for people who are more popular than others. It's not just, just because you're faster than Shikari doesn't mean you are going to be promoted equally. 
There's just outside factors. The same reason why ESPN talks about LeBron James instead of talking about um, Devontae Graham, right? It's Sorry, that's just how it works. That's my NBA analysis. Anyway, <laughs> Shakari was trending on Twitter like two days ago. And I was like, what did she do? But apparently she um, put out a, 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 a TikTok or a reel or Instagram. Do we have that video? I took a couple, you know, I took some time off to rest and now it's game time, bitches. You have no idea. She is not holding back. She is not afraid of what the Jamaicans did in Tokyo. You would think there might be a little bit of like, oh man, 1061. I know I'm good, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to be running 1061 right now but she she's like no i'm ready to to, to challenge yeah. a 1060 someone coming off a 1061 and i'm not only ready to challenge it i'm ready to like like predict it and set myself up for if i don't do it i know i'm gonna get a lot yeah. of pushback and backlash but that's so that she has uber confidence i mean she tweeted, yeah. i wish the people that talk mess about me was cute at least like she is not holding back she is laying in it. And I just, this is the one moment where I wish we had time travel. Because I wish I could see Only one? how the world, how the world would react with her winning. And I also want to see how the world would react with her losing. And I just want to like enjoy both of those scenarios. Because the scenario for winning would be wild, right? Because then she's going to go off and like, People are never gonna, it's gonna be great. It's just gonna be Conor McGregor esque, like boom, boom, pumping my chest. And then if she loses, it's also gonna be great because the amount of like dunking on and like the Jamaicans going wild would be also fun to watch. So I wish I could see her lose and win to see everyone just flip out on both sides of the aisle. That's what I want. I just want chaos. Uh, so we've talked about how this race is gonna be special and i think you touched on a lot of the the reasons why part because we get to see the full field of the fastest women in the world we didn't get that in tokyo nobody yes. can argue that you can say elaine thompson hurrah would have won anyway and i i would agree with you because you're in 1061 but you can't say that all the fastest women in the world were there because shakari richardson wasn't there but the other reason this race is special is because richardson has this ability to raise the stakes whenever she runs the track is so good track is exemplary at having all the meets blend together except for Olympics and World Championships. That's what track does. Everything is just basically uh, a tune-up type meet or a, a one-off meet rust except buster. for a rust buster, except for the Olympics. But Richardson, in the couple of years she's been competing, she brings this level of intensity that makes it feel like there's something on the line, even when they're not racing for spots on a team or for medals. Like what we're going to see tomorrow at the pre-classic. And that's why we're so interested in this race. I mean, she's fast, obviously, and that's a prerequisite. You have to be fast to get discussed uh, on this show or on the Today Show or be trending on Twitter. But it's also because of her personality and her approach to the competition. Um, and it's super hard to get the sports world in the United States talking about track and field after the Olympics have ended. The Olympics are over. 
we're supposed to be on a break now of mainstream track attention. And yet Shakari Richardson has succeeded in doing that. They are still talking about track and field in the United States post-Olympics. Yeah, and I honestly think more people are going to watch the – this would be actually a really good analytical test. When they post uh, the, this 100-meter dash on the NBC account, you have to wait a few weeks, right? More people will watch this 100-meter dash than will watch the Olympic final. Regardless, if, if Shakari wins, people are going to watch it. If Shakari loses, people are going to watch it. Watch Shakari lose. Like People want to see her win and people want to see her lose – which is what you want. People want to see LeBron win. People want to see LeBron lose. That's why the NBA is popular because people, LeBron has been able to make everything matter. Like every loss matters, every win matters. And we don't have that on track, like you said. Nobody cares if you're the Prefontaine champion. Yeah. No one but cares she puts herself the on the line. She by said, champion, but she, yeah, she, yeah, she puts the video you, out or she goes, yeah, she puts the video out or she goes on the Today Show and immediately create stakes and the stakes aren't medals, right? The stakes are, it's almost just like pride. Like I'm yeah. putting myself out there. I'm laying myself bare to be either praised or critiqued based on my performance. And that is so rare in track and field, save for one time a year. Uh, shout out to Serenity in the, uh, in the chat. She says this race feels too good to be true. But then she also says, like, something has to happen. A false start. Someone pulls something. No, Serenity. Do not jinx it. Do not jinx this race. Although I do kind of have that sneaking track fan suspicion that it is too good to be true. I am hoping, though, in the simulation where she loses, I hope she doesn't all of a sudden turn that loss into, like, a need to be, like, more humble about the next race. Like, she needs to be like... That was a, I was, I was rusty. I'm going to, I'm going to, when I'm going to be, I'm going to beat you in Lausanne. Like I want her to keep that fire, whether or not you want to lose, because you're not going to win every race. Like no one, no one goes under, you know, but like, you know, she might be tempted if she lost and gets a lot of, you know, backlash, she might be a little tempted to kind of lay low going into the next race. And I'm here to tell her, don't, Give into that temptation. Don't lay low. Lay high. Yeah. Not, uh, sorry, the pun on words. Don't don't stay high. Just lay high, uh, and go and go into the next few races with that same energy because it makes people want to watch. It makes me want to watch. You know, yeah. people. I'm excited, and I and I know secretly Elaine, Shelly, and Sharika, they like it. They they. I think they're like this is awesome. I think they're in the back of their minds like, this is cool. Like. People are people care about what we're doing. Like we're like, yeah, you, you know. I'm. A, I think well, everyone. People I think always. Every, this makes everyone just. It's just better for everyone. That's all I'm trying to say. Better for everyone. Well, this is this is yeah. This is my last point, and then we can move on and talk about marathons. Uh, people are always trying to come up with ways to make track more popular. Right. You've come up with all these systems, and you've probably spent hours of your life, days of your life, probably if you add up all the hours, thinking about it. And there's this new proposal and that new proposal. And I think we underestimate how important it is just to have the fastest people being their true selves competing against the other fastest people frequently. There was every reason for this race not to happen. Yes. You had people who have everything to lose and nothing to gain by running, and yet they're still running. 
And in Richardson's case, she's not giving an inch in any of this pre-race talk, right? And that you can see catches on with people. That gets you trending on Twitter. That gets you talking about uh, to the Today Show the day before a Diamond League meet, not the Olympics. That sort of stuff, when you have the fastest people willing to put themselves out there more than one time a year, this is the this is the result. Now it takes a special person like Richardson, and it takes a special field like we have with Thompson Haran, Fraser Price to add that extra layer to it. But it's possible, and it doesn't take convoluted schedules and refiguring this out. This this tracks a simple sport. Fastest people, go out there, race each other, and be yourself. If you're confident in real life, be confident in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, right? Don't shy away from it. Embrace it. I love it. Yeah, I'm old, I'm old enough to remember when people, track fans and meet directors, thought we were growing the sport because they started using athletes' Twitter handles in the press releases because it yeah. was helping with the athletes' you know, brand. Or they're like, ooh, but do you see the new walkout that they have now? They get to take a photo yeah. in front of that. that or they have, fireworks now when they, they have fireworks now when they cross the finish line. It's like, that's all just like, that's all doesn't matter. People are like, whatever. What matters is stakes. And you can get stakes by putting a lot of money on the line. You can get stakes by it being a once every four year event or once every one-year event by being a world championship. Or you get stakes by the athletes telling you this matters. And Shakari mm-hmm. is telling the world that Prefontaine 100-meter dash matters. Yeah. There's nothing nothing that anyone in the, in the media could have done or in the meet direction of Prefontaine. And e- even putting them together. Like, even if, if we had this race and Shakari didn't say anything... And was kind of just being like, like meek and not really talking about it. And the Jamaicans were kind of just being quiet and all that stuff. It wouldn't be the same. But she puts out that it's so simple. A, a six second TikTok mm-hmm. gets us like, oh, all right, she's she means business. So mm-hmm. it's wild. Look at me. She has more followers than Dak Prescott, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jalen Hurts. It's wild. Those well, are football players. For those of you who do not follow the National Football League here. Uh, Dak Prescott. That's crazy. Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. The biggest, the most, the the most, the the largest sports, the biggest sports franchise in the world, right? Are they number one? Or is there a soccer team that's bigger? I think they're number one. I think the most valuable franchise, sports franchise in the world. And he's the starting quarterback for the most valuable franchise in the world, Shakari Richardson, who didn't even go to the Olympics. More followers. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. Embrace it. Hard pivot prediction. now. Final, predi- prediction. Final prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Okay. I think Shelly and Fraser Price is going to win. After Ooh, all, that, okay. I think Fraser Price is going to win. Shelly and Fraser Price wins. I'm with the 13 percent here on our poll. I'm with you guys. Fraser Price for the win. I low key like that pick, but I'm going to go with Shakari. But I do – if Shakari loses, I think Shelly does win. I think if Shakari loses, I think Shakari gets third. I think Shakari gets either third or first. But I'm going to go put my – Listen, my we all win. First. I think she wins. We all win if the race happens, as Serenity was talking about. There could be so many things that still go wrong. If the race happens, it's awesome. You know, the people – 
people have been following track for a little while remember the Michael Johnson Donovan Bailey match race, and it happened, but it didn't really happen because he pulled up. Or the the Mo Green versus Michael Johnson meet in the middle of the two hundred the Olympic trials, and then like whenever there's this stuff bubbling up, there always seems to be something. Go back to Dan versus Dave. There always seems to be something that that ruins it. Now we've had a couple good years, some some stretches here, right? In the formula hurdles, we've seen it happen. But the things where there's just like a little bit of extra bite to them, sometimes they don't end up happening. So I'll be happy if the gun goes off and every lane is filled with the people that we think are going to be in the race. But I'll just take I'll take Fraser Price. I'll go with a 13% here. Go on Fraser yeah. Price. I'm going Richardson and she's going to run 10 um 78. Right, because before you said because she slows the race down because there's too many fast yes. people and they're looking at each other. That's right. It's great. Yep, yep. Great sprint <laughs> analysis there for Gordon Mack. All right, do we have time for the uh, marathon? Yeah, let's do it. We of course we have time. Okay. All right. Uh, Miller on the chat it's says hello Friday, from Australia. Man. Hello, Miller. Hey. Good, good to see you from Australia. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Um, Okay, New York. We'll start with New York. We'll do a couple minutes on each one, and then I have some big questions about the fall marathon season in general, which is just the marathon season in 2021 because it's every fall marathon. Women's field for New York City, Perez Jeff Chircher coming off the gold medal. You also have on the American side, Molly Seidel, bronze medalist. Des Linden, who will be running New York 27 days after Boston. Emily Sisson, Sally Kipiego, Alphine Tuliamuk, and then someone else to watch out for, uh, Abigail Yeshina, who's the half marathon world record holder in a mixed race. She ran 64-31 on the men's side. Michaela is the headliner, but Abdi Nagy, the silver medalist, is entered. On the American side, you have Jared Ward and Ben True, and Ben True will be making his debut. Uh, keep an eye out for Kibiwat Candy, though. He's the world record holder in the half, 57-32. What are your thoughts on New York City? You just, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of name overload. You just said a yeah. lot of different words, a lot of names. I don't remember. I couldn't recite all the names you just said. Well, they're so on I'm a list in front you, of you. On a list in front of me. I'm, first of all, this list is super annoying on the New York Roadrunners <laughs> website because it's in alphabetical order and not by personal best, which makes it harder to know who to. You know, you just want to. It's easy. Yeah, let's put up this. Put up this list instead for me, Travis. He busts oh, out Excel right. for us. Boom! Look at that. <laughs> this is great. It's easier to follow, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Olympic champ. Uh, she's going to be the favorite going in. Um, I am excited, though, for this American contingent on the women's side. Yeah. Sisson, especially, like, the non, like, people, the people we haven't seen in a while, and Sisson and Taylor. I'm excited to see how they do. Lyndon is more, she's just, this is going to be an appearance because she's probably more focused on the Boston Marathon. And the, even if she does well or bad in Boston, I still feel like this is a good, this isn't her race to win. This is more for Sisson to have a good marathon comeback. Taylor, we haven't seen in a while. And then see how the, the Olympians do. And Seidel, uh, Seidel, excuse me, Kipiego and um, Tulumak. Yeah, I, this whole running two marathons back-to-back -back thing is, is catching on. And I'm excited about it. I think for Lyndon's perspective, she ran that 50K last year. It seems like she's figured out how to pile multiple efforts back to back. We've seen Sarah Hall do this now. The surprising thing here, the person you would not associate with doing back to back efforts is Kenanisa Bekele in the men's race, who's running yeah. Berlin in September. And then 42 days later, he's running 
this race. David Monty had a great stat. He basically has a 50% finish rate in his last 10 marathons that he's been signed up for. 50%. So maybe the calculus here is, Bekele, hey, I'll just sign up for two. And if I finish one, that's a big win. But I am very, very curious to see uh, how he fares in, in both of these. I think he would take one really, really good one. I don't think he needs to hit it out of the park in both, especially because New York is a different animal than all the races he's, he's run before. Um, 201.41, though, is his PB, a couple seconds off the world record. But that's the last one he finished. That was 2019. That was his last big race. Remember, scratched in London last year ahead of that big showdown. Speaking of matchups that we wanted to see that we didn't get to see, that fizzled out against against Kipchoge. So I have no idea what to expect from Kennedy Sabakele. The hype is always going to be there, but lately he hasn't produced, and just getting to the start line healthy will be a big accomplishment for him. And I'm really excited about Ben True. You're a Ben uh, True fan. He, I'm a big Ben True fan. Big Ben True fan. He hates the 10K because he's – I don't think he, he doesn't like running the six miles or the five miles or well, six miles, six, six miles, excuse me. Um, so now he's, and he did a few, he's done a few half marathons, but now he's going all the way up mm-hmm. to the marathon. What do you think he needs to run for him to be like, I want to keep doing this and I want to, I want to start becoming a marathoner for the next few years and try to make the 2024 Olympic marathon team. What's the magic number for American men, Gordon? You know it. I mean, it's sub to 10. Yeah. Right. And maybe add a minute because it's New York or even two minutes and it's and it's New York. I think if only Jared Ward beats him on the American side, I think that's a good sign. And if he runs, like I said, like a 210.30 or a 2.11 even, I think that'd be enough. The money, the money is on the roads. That's what we've heard time and time yeah. again. It's, it's hard to find a 10K. Is everything okay at Gordon's house? I don't know what that noise was. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's know. hard to we'll find out later. It's hard to find high-level 10Ks. You know, 5K, we don't know. You know, is off the Diamond League and, and all that stuff. So it, this makes sense. This makes sense for Ben True. Everybody wanted to have him in this race like five, six years ago earlier, right? Because when other countries were going younger and younger, everyone's like, well, the U.S. is going to go younger and younger. Didn't work out that way. But he's still been running at a pretty high level. It's not like he's doing this because he's a complete non-factor in the 10K and the 5K in the U.S. anymore. No, he was he was in the mix for the Olympics this year. So I'm interested to see. I think he could be someone to watch out for because he already has that good speed, that 5K, 10K speed. Yeah, I agree. Noah Drotti coming off of his uh, good marathon. He says the 209 PB. He's the top American PB wise. So he's run well a few times on the New York streets. Remember he had that good New York half a few years ago. So he'll be interesting to see if he can kind of sneak into the, into the top five. When you look at the PBs of the men's field outside yeah. of Bekele, it's, it's like, gap. it's not, it's a big gap, right? And you yeah. look at some of the other like elite fields, you see like a bunch of two Oh threes and two Oh fours and two Oh fives here. Everyone is, Closer and closer to the 210 range than to mm-hmm. the 203 range. So I do think this might be an opportunity for one of the American men to kind of find a way and finish at least top five for sure. 
Oh, definitely. But someone like Abdi Nagui, I give more credit than a 206 PB because he just got the silver medal at the Olympics. So I think he's he's legit. Gebris, uh, Gourmet Gebrselassie is pretty solid in championship type races as well, too. So this is – you're right, though. That is pretty stark when you look at it, when you go from 201 to 206. Maybe that's why they didn't do the PR order. They did alphabetical instead because it would make everybody feel bad between 201 and 206. <laughs> yeah. There was such a big gap. That's why I did it. Let's talk Chicago now, shall we? Still Chicago it. Fields. Yeah, so Chicago is October the 10th. So it's about a month before New York. On the women's side, Ruth Chepnegich, she's won the world title before. She's the top seed. She's run 207. Then it's basically all Americans on the women's side. Yeah, Sarah Hall, Kier D'Amato, and Emma Bates there. For the U.S., Chepnegich is really the only top-level Kenyan or Ethiopian in this race. On the women's side, or sorry, on the men's side, more depth up front, a lot of fast times, no superstar real names though, um, and you have Galen Rupp leading the way for for the Americans. So kind of two different fields here. One is extremely American heavy. The other one. It has Galen Rupp, but a lot of people who have run 203, 204, 205. Yeah, it's just so interesting, the dynamic of how all these marathon fields look. They're not, not all marathons are equal, right? And especially in this weird time where we have all of them happening in the same like three-month period. Even, yeah. and now even in the same marathon, the men's field, the men's field looks like, an actual marathon that's international and the women's field just looks like it looks like the Arizona marathon that we had back in December, right? Here at Amato, yeah. Sarah Hall, like whatever yeah, all the top the marathon project. It looks looks like a repeat of the marathon project. Um I'm excited for Sarah Hall. She mentioned that this was her her attempt at trying to break the American record, right? Is that mm. been said on paper? While you report it, no, I think, nope. I think she's she's, she's put that time out that there before. Two nineteen thirty six. She's ran two twenty thirty two. So she's within a minute, and she ran that at the marathon project, the aforementioned marathon project. I mean, I could see it happening. Could you? Yeah, yeah, of course. This is interesting though, because when you have Chepnegich, who probably is going to want to run faster than two nineteen. So she's gonna is she gonna have her group of pacers, and then Sarah Hall's gonna have a separate group of pacers. I, I'm interested in this. It's just so stark looking at that start list, because usually there's a bunch of people in between, and there's plenty of people to pick off and and run with. So I think absolutely she can do it. Um, I'm just interested in the pacing side of things because ba look at this. Put this field up again if you could please. Like if everything goes to form, let's just say they run exactly at their PRs. I know it's not going to happen, but Hall is in the middle of nowhere then because she's three minutes yeah. behind Chef Megich and two minutes ahead of Kira D'Amato. She'll have Pacers, hopefully. And again, it's not going to be – the race isn't going to work out entirely like this. And maybe they'll add in some people. Maybe there's some folks that they're waiting for. Maybe Bekele will jump in this race to Rabbit. He'll triple. Like he'll need something to do in between September and, and November and he'll run this. 
but this is not filled with people who can keep you company in the later miles. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that Chep Negic is going to want to run faster than 219. Are you just saying that? Like, or do you think she's going to be going out here to try to run a PB? Or do you think she's just going out here to win it? She DNF'd in the Olympics. So she doesn't have as much in her legs. I don't, I mean, she can cruise a, two, uh, a 219, couldn't she? Yeah, I feel like she's going to look at this field and be like, hey, what, how much do I get for winning this race? I decided to beat all these Americans. I don't think she's going to be like, all right, let's go run 217. She's like, all right, I'll run a 220 pace and then win in the end. And if she has that confidence of like, this is a weaker field, I can then, um, sorry, I hear more screaming in the back. More noises. I have no idea what's going on in Gordon's house. Is everything okay? I, 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 I texted her. We'll, we'll find out. Um, okay. But we... What was what I trying to say? Is that if she like kind of thinks it's a second tier field and she runs a two twenty pace, that basically gives Sarah Hall a de facto like someone to carrot to kind of to stay with, and that yeah. if yeah. if Ruth basically makes it a two nineteen two twenty race, that helps Sarah Hall, who then can stay in that pace and then kind of close in on that American record. Yeah. So basically, a long yeah. way of saying this, maybe Ruth becomes Sarah Hall's. Pacer. Yeah. Uh, Rupp has a, has a challenge here. This is a deep field, but I also think this is basically as easy as it's going to get for Galen Rupp to win a major marathon over the next couple of years, because the field is split amongst all these majors. You don't have Kipchoge in this race. You don't have Kenanisa Bekele in this race. You don't have some of the folks who beat him in, in the Olympics in this race. And yet still, you just look at that and it's a, it's an uphill battle. I mean, you go back to three of these gentlemen set their PBs in 2021 with a 204.29, 204.19, 205.47. This, these aren't guys who are just up there with resumes that are dated. These are relevant new names that are coming in, which is the challenge of the marathon, which is what makes Kipchoge's excellence so impressive. It's just Nobody, as soon as somebody ages out, it feels like three people age right into running 204 or 203. Yeah. So now that we have all these fields, which marathon is the, here we go. How many Americans, men and women, do you think are going to finish top three in the marathon? Going from between London, Berlin, uh, Chicago, Boston, New York City. How many can finish top three? Well, let's just start in Chicago. Uh, two, two to three could finish top three in the women's race because if Chip Negic doesn't finish or has a bad yeah. day, you could. Get, but at the minimum, I think it would be two. Obviously, something two. Someone could be added to the race. Uh, Rupp on the men's side could, but that's three. a longer shot. When we go to New York. Men's side, more of a long shot, but potentially one. Women's side, I think you could get one. Boston, maybe one in each, if we're talking top three. So I mean, the only one that you feel really good about is Chicago women's field. That's one you feel really yeah. good about. But you, you, you could see seven, seven Americans being on the podiums at major marathons this fall. 
that would be the very, 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 very high end. I mean, that's the max. Because I think I mean, it's not crazy for Emily Sisson to finish in the, on the podium or Jordan Hesse to finish on on the podium. I get the Boston men's would probably be a, well, it is a longer shot, a pretty pretty big, pretty like a. It's much harder, basically, for the men than the women yeah. in the Boston Marathon. I mean, just looking at the fields and who's in there. So, yeah, that would be the very high end. But I only okay, would so feel really. Put... Go- I only feel really good about. We just did this thing where we did the Olympics and we totally overshot the American medal count. So I'm not gonna. Be like, There's seven guys and seven women who are gonna finish on the podium. The only the only race I feel really good about is Chicago, just because it's mostly Americans on the women's side. Okay, I'm gonna set the over under at three and a half. Three and a half. I'll go over. I think they'll get four. Yeah. I think they'll get four because I think they'll get two in. I think they'll get two in the Chicago women's field, and then between all the other races, I think they'll be able to cobble together two more. Two more. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll be able to get two more. Because you know, you look at as you mentioned the New York City Marathon field. If Bekele is not there, then things open up, and Jared Ward is. Yeah been knocking on the door for forever. It wouldn't surprise me if Jared Ward could snag a third place. That's not crazy. Let me ask you this question while we're doing questions. Um, which American is most likely to win one of these marathons? Which American's likely to win? Most likely to win. I would say... I would say Sarah Hall, most likely to win. I think she, I mean, her most recent marathon was running two, was running 220. So mm. she's definitely fit. I mean, I don't know if she's definitely fit because it's that's been eight months since then. But more of like, I think she, she's not coming off the Olympics. So she's not going to have like to come pull off a double from coming from the Olympics. I think she I think I just think her in Chicago is the best chance that for a win. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I my, my reasoning is she doesn't have the Olympics in her legs. She clearly is fit to go up against East Africans. She's in a field that only has one. So put all that together, I think Chicago Sarah Hall champion could happen. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's the most navigable field because basically if she just runs to her seed time, they're second. And then it's not as if we haven't seen Chep Negic fall short before. She just DNF'd in, in Tokyo, which will probably help her in Chicago because she won't have run all those miles. But it's not it's not inconceivable. I think everybody else, much longer odds. You could see it, but they'd have to get past a lot of people. Sarah Hall starts with, okay, the absolute worst she'll probably do is third or fourth. And that's a really great place to start going into a marathon. Let me ask you another one. Jordan, you ready for this other question? Yeah. Before we get to the other question. Wait, you just I have, I, I've, done, I've done some. Uh, I figured out what the, the scream was for. For those who want to know, we I sent a video right. to Travis. If you want to show the video, this was what the scream was. Put up a bonus. <laughs> Two screams. One or two? My girlfriend was screaming. Here it comes. And seeing the little crushed spider was the scream. Wait, did she crush she was, it with uh, the foam roller? I think she crushed it. With the, I think she saw it and she killed it. And then she saw 
what she killed. And so she filmed it to show me what she killed and was a Gotcha. There's a lot okay. of, we, we, we moved from an apartment. There's not critters in an apartment, but when you're in a house, there's bugs everywhere, right? Because they're well, you live in the middle of the forest to the too. Yeah, that too. Okay. I live this in is the I'm, animal kingdom. I'm glad I'm glad she's okay. Like that <laughs> scream could have been worse. So I'm glad it's just I'm glad <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like All right. Yeah. Uh a bug. I got two more questions for you before we go. Next one. Which fall marathon has the best American field so put men and, and women together here we would we wouldn't say berlin uh london doesn't no. really have that many americans so i think this would be between the three u.s marathons chicago with rap hall and and that deep women's field new york we talked about the new york field with you know jared ward ben true on the men's side and on the women's side you have the olympic team featuring molly seidel you have Emily Sisson, um, you have Des Linden, and then Boston, where the strength is really the women's side, where you have Huddle, Linden, and Hesse. So when you combine men and women, right, the, just the women are so much better. So all the women's fields just look great, right? Chicago looks good with D'Amato and Hall. Boston looks good with Linden, Hesse, and Huddle. New York looks good because as the Olympians. And then when you think about just like what looks good for men, it's really Rupp and then everyone else. Like who is the second best marathoner on the men's side? Well, was it Jake Riley? But like, is it? Maybe that's just one race. But like yeah. Yeah. In, in whole, who would you say is the second best marathoner on the men's side? Yeah, I, I guess you'd say, say consistency-wise, you'd say Jared Ward over the last couple of years. He's the one who's showing up to all these yeah. races and has the potential to get in the in the in the top five. But I think I think it's New York because the women's field you have the medalists plus you throw in Linden, which you already have in Boston, yeah. plus you throw in Sisson, who's going to be running the third marathon of of her career. She's an exciting prospect. We saw how well she did in the ten k, and then the men are pretty. Kellen, Kellen Taylor, yeah, it's a deep field. And then the men are interesting too because you have Ward, as I mentioned, but you have the the debut factor with with Ben True. Ben True. And the debut factor always grabs our interest because we're like, could they be? Could it could this be the one? Could this be the the, the next American star? Even though he's been around for a while? Maybe he's got a couple of years left at the marathon. So I think it's New York. Yeah. I guess my I would only say Chicago if the weight of Galen Rupp just like makes up for any other depth of men, right? Like, would you rather have a field with Galen Rupp on the men's side or a field without Rupp and a bunch of other guys? I don't know. Here's I, the problem, I think New York. The, the, women, the women is so much good, too. I feel like the women are good in all three, Chicago, Boston, and New York. I feel like it's kind of equal. I'll probably rank it. Boston, New York, Chicago, but it would be 1A, 1B, 2A in my mind. So yeah. I'll go with I New York. Like, New York is the best American field. I'll say it. New York's best American yeah, field. Yeah. I, I want to see Seidel again. I want to see Sisson in a marathon. You got Lyndon doubling back. Like, What if she runs great in, in Boston? And then we're like, wait, hold on. Hold on. Can she, can she podium in two marathons? I like the women's field in that one. The problem with 
Chicago on the men's side with Rupp is he's a victim of his own success. If he could win that field, or he could win that race against that field, which would be tough, but we'd still be like, well, we've seen him win a major before. Like we've seen that happen before. Doesn't make it any less impressive, but like the list of people that we want to see Rupp beat, none of those people are on this roster of people running. So it's, it's going to be tough for him to win one. And even if he did, I know it's a little contradictory to say, but even if he did, we'd say, well, man, it'd be awesome to see him against, but like if we saw Rupp v. Bekele or Rupp v. Well, we just saw Rupp v. Kipchoge and we know how that went, but that would be one of those battles. Like if we saw Rupp versus Bekele, that'd be one of those races where just because of the names in it, everybody's going to be drawn to it. Everybody be drawn to it. And it would, it would seem like this big clash of the Titans. Last question. <coughs> Maybe talk about more next week. Because we're, we're going a little long. Um, if you're Ilya Kipchoge, you've seen all the fields now. Are you enticed to, to join any of these parties? Are you going to chill out in Kenya with your gold medals and just watch the fall marathon season go by and then come back for the, the spring season? It depends how much you want to mess with Bekele. Because if you do, you got two opportunities <laughs> to race. <laughs> I don't know what motivates him still. I want to see him running in New York or Boston, right? So I'd want to yeah. see him running in New York, New York or Boston. You go to New York and there's Bekele there. But then the next best person is Abdi Nagui, who he just beat by two minutes in Tokyo. So he has to feel fine about that field. In, in Boston, I don't think there's anybody who's intimidating him. I just don't know with the short turnaround if he wants to do that. And I don't, I don't really blame him. I'd like to see Kipchoge twice. I mean, I'd love to see Kipchoge more a year, but I'm used to seeing him twice a year. And every time he shows up, he delivers pretty much. So I'm okay with that. I just want to see him in 2022 run. I would love to see him run a U.S. marathon. That's not Chicago because he's he, in Chicago. He, he's mentioned to me that he wants to do every major, right? So he wants yeah. to run New York and Boston before he retires. He also told you he wants to run he, a marathon on a ship too. To you. Yeah, well, he's also and you told didn't me he wants follow to up. Olymp- I know. No I follow up. He also told me he wanted to win Olympic gold, and he did that. So now he, he's following up <laughs> he's on his wants. He's a truth teller. He's a truth teller. I think he might. Uh, this is. I have no. I'm not reporting this, and I have no intel. But I think he might show up at the New York City Marathon. I think he might be a late ad. I think it's the latest marathon, so you have the most rest. All the other Olympians are running, right? It's not like it's an impossible double. Everyone else, most of everyone else is running a second marathon. I could see him, and if you look at the New York field, it's it's a really, I mean, everyone is slow except for Bekele, and it allows him to kind of have like another fun little match with Bekele and people would watch it, right? He could easily win it. Bekele is yeah. also coming off of a double. So like, it's not like Bekele is going to have a huge edge on him because you'll be coming off of yeah. Berlin. Yeah. I think I could see Kipchoge running New York City. I think there's no guarantee. In fact, the odds are that just based on those numbers that we talked about earlier, that he doesn't get, you know, doesn't finish the race. And if that's the case, yeah, then the next best guy in there is several is someone that 
Kipchoge could definitely handle. I'm I'm all for it. I just don't want to expect it and be disappointed. But I'm all for him him running that race. The other part of it is, what about and this? I think is a long shot. But what if Bekele gets the world record in Berlin? I don't know. I mean, he's not going to. So let's let's let's. Let's not let's not worry about that timeline yet. Okay, moving first on. We have to get through this. We have to, we have to get through this Shakari Richardson race first before we can start thinking about Bekele World Records. So okay, we have to first get. Through I was, that. I'm just throwing out every every possibility. That's all I was doing. Okay, I think we've covered it all. Thanks everybody it. for tuning. In. Yeah, thanks everybody tuned in live, and also everybody who downloaded the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you listen to podcasts. Our YouTube page, Flow Track Podcast. Subscribe to it. Thanks to Travis for producing. Thanks to Colt for producing. We're back on Monday to recap the Prefontaine Classic. Enjoy the meet, everyone.